Welcome to Wisco Die. Welcome to Wisco Die. Hey, what's up, everybody? Everybody. Everybody. Hey, there's a third person here again. So what's go- what's going on, Brian? It's uh, there's paint happening. There man. is paint. So we're at Pegasus Games. We are Pegasus Games is on Odana Road here in Madison, Wisconsin. Great and probably what Madison's longest and oldest game store. It's been still in business. It's <laughs> where I started. Yeah, forever ago. Thirty-four years, says uh, Steve over there. That's that's pretty impressive. That's a long, long time. I don't even know how, what that time means. Yeah, so it is <laughs> not uh, that old. What is today? Today is the, the third, right? Third, May, May the May third. The third. Not, Tomorrow's not, Star Wars Day. Yep, not not quite <laughs> May the fourth. So <laughs> this is episode forty-nine of Wisco Dice. I'm your host, the Conzi with the most. I am joined by our, my co-host Brian. S- yep, I am here. Yeah, how's it going, Brian? Eh, pretty good. Last two weeks of school are wrapping up, so it'll be fantastic getting after s- that time. Getting but super right excited now, for that? I'm excited for the aftermath. The <laughs> I got a big project to do and a little, a few other things in one final. So once that's done, this week's gonna suck. But <laughs> all right. And going back t- for a uh, few episodes, it's been since you've been on. But we also are joined by our good friend and exceptional hobbyist, Dustin. So how's it going, Dustin? Things are going well. Getting lots of paint on some minis today, so that is friggin' exciting. Yeah, that's ex- exactly why we're we're here at Pegasus Games. Uh, so every month, on uh, the first and second Saturday of the month, Pegasus does a paint class, and so we're down here as part of the paint class. We're recording obviously this episode, but we're also working heavily, heartily. We've been we've been working since when. About ten o'clock this morning for some of us. Yeah, well, maybe you guys. I got here at ten thirty, but I still have a brush in my hand as we speak. Yeah, it's actually pretty <laughs> impressive. So we, so we are. You can hear the paint. Can you hear going it going on? So we've it? got a room full of <laughs> other people that are working on models. Some of them are working on models for the first time, and some of them are working on models. Vet- veterans of the painting hobby. So, what are you guys uh, working on? We'll start with you, Brian. What do you got there? Yeah. What do you know? It's my ghouls again. <laughs> yeah, so you're working on, what is this, the 21 through 25? Yes, it would be. So and they Just are s- starting to come together, starting to get the flesh looking right. And like flesh-like, yep. yep it, it's no longer the purple sea of doom. <laughs> I think it was more of a pink sea of doom. Really dark, maybe yeah, almost a carnation yeah, pink there. It's yeah, it's pretty bright, but once I get it on the black undercoat, it ends up pretty dark, and then I throw a flesh wash on it right away, so that darkens it up. And considerably now you're kind of throwing on what a flesh tone kind yeah, of dry just brush over pretty the much top. a straight flesh tone dry brush and then which i think looks really bad until i get the highlight on it so <laughs> it's always weird how goofy they look in the mid stages yeah particularly with flesh it you will see the flesh tends to if you dry brush flesh it tends to not look quite natural under inspection and then if you highlight in with uh with a nice highlight layer they kind of add some smoothness and smooth out the the dry brush that really does help it a lot yeah my base colors and wash kind of i mean they're not really the same shade at all i have like that purple pink like we were talking about and then the flush wash kind of turns it more towards the flesh shade but it's kind of a contrasting color but it overall the end result is the look i wanted kind of like a pinkish tone to them mm-hmm. so it works out but <laughs> excellent excellent so dustin what have you been working on today 
I started off the day with my Mordheim Skaven Assassin, and I've gotten him pretty much done. Just got myself stuck on the cloak. Can't decide what color that's going to be. So he got put back in the box, and now I am painting bases for my Battlefleet Gothic Fleet. What is this Battlefleet Gothic game? It doesn't exist. It's a game from the depths of time. (laughs) Back when uh, GW had all sorts of fun specialist games, Battlefleet Gothic was essentially their 40K spaceship naval combat game. Okay. And I am working on a mostly scratch-built Tyranid fleet because all of the official models are really expensive and hard to find on eBay since support has been cut for these games. Yeah, it, it is. I've got a chaos fleet of my own and i was looking at adding a, when you started talking about oh i'm gonna do battlefield gothic and i kind of got me excited to dig all my stuff and i'm like oh i'd like to add a couple of ships to this and i started shopping ebay and i'm like whoa that's a lot of money a <laughs> little horrifying yes which, which made me think about selling the stuff that i have because the stuff i would have i would make well more than what i bought it for yeah. at this point they're such small minis too so it kind of it's hard to pay that much for such a tiny piece yeah, it's kind of hard to. It was hard. It, it's kind of hard for me to justify dropping, you know, a hundred bucks on a battleship for my chaos, which is like one of the only pieces I don't really have at this point that I would like to have to be able to add. You know, I don't want a lot of battleships. I don't think it makes sense. You know, it's a fleet. There should be a battleship and maybe a, cru- a you know some cruisers and a grand cruiser maybe and and a, a few frigates. Well, I've got all of that except for the battleship and seems to be a key element missing there. Yeah. It was the one thing I never got when they were still selling them. So on the Skaven Assassin you were working on, Dustin, uh, did you start that from scratch today, or was that something that was kind of in the works and then... No, I had all the uh, base coats done because the Mordheim League we play here has a three-color minimum. Man. I know. What a jerk to enforce that. Painting challenges. Never heard of them before. (laughs) Decent-looking minis on the table? What is this madness? I I guess it does. I guess it does go back to the insanity that I did last year with Conzie's Challenge and having not being able to put an unpainted miniature on the table for the entire year. That was, while really good at forcing me to actually complete armies and, and get a little bit away from that army ADD, and I would highly recommend it if you're one of those kind of people that bounces from army to army and and never seems to get anything really finished. It was also really really kind of a pain or a struggle trying to decide on tournament lists and get tournament lists ready to go and then go, oh crud, now I have to I have to finish this because I submitted the list. Oh wait. Now I'm nail biting painting before a tournament and and such so it's it's been a little bit of a nice thing to be able to put a couple unpainted models back on the table and i don't i hate i hate doing that but at the same time the volume of models you're putting on the table for a warhammer game when you're putting 150 200 models that can be a real challenge to get everything you always want on the table i would never be able to play a game (laughs) it's been like five years and i almost have my well i kind of have my first unit done yeah well you you were second maybe i guess i painted those tomb king dudes you're actually to the point now where in the smaller games you're actually fielding a fully painted unit, so that's very impressive. Yeah, that's why I kind of second spoke myself or whatever you call it. But that is that is cool. Something that's I didn't think I'd ever see out of you, Brian. What? <laughs> that was. I know. What a show of confidence! <laughs> I was saying that, that that all started with what the the old how to the the current I should say old oh, it's the current how yeah, to paint it's it all the miniatures. current thing I have it here in case somebody wanted to look at it, but it happens to be. Just us and our group here, I guess. Yeah. 
So that's that's all right. That's but all right. Yeah, that's what got my wheels turning here. Okay. So, and I've been working on, I've kind of decided that I'm going to take Doom King, Tomb Kings to Blood in the Sun this year, which is, if you're not familiar with Blood in the Sun, you haven't been listening to Garage Hammer, which I recommend you do as a podcast if you're listening to the show. I'm going to go to Blood and Sun this year, and I'm going to take my Tomb Kings, which I took last year. And one of the nice things about Blood and the Sun is that they award for a best of army. So even though it's Tomb Kings, and I don't expect to necessarily be in the running for the tournament, I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'll get lucky with the matchups and whatever, but it's going to be an uphill battle, especially in an uncomped environment and such that we have here um, and what Blood and the Sun is going to be. But a couple of nice things about this year, Blood and the Sun, is they're going to allow special characters, which really seems to help the Tomb Kings because they are an army that really kind of feels like they're driven a little bit off of the special characters. So it's going to open up the ability for me to take like an Archon or take like the special character Necrotech and some other things that might help uh, some of the failings where the, the list kind of seems to struggle. But I, I haven't really added any mo- new models or finished any new models for the for that army since Blood and the Sun last year. I just kind of gotten to the point where I could field 2,400 points, and I just never really continued working on it. Do you have an Archon you plan to use? Because I think you're leaning towards playing him, aren't you? I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna run Archon and Archon is uh, an armored Lich Priest and that old that Reaper Lich Priest that I that I have been using with the army will be my Archon. I see that makes so sense. I'm not gonna paint a new model for that since there isn't an official Archon model out. Yeah, I was just gonna say Games that. Workshop. I'm not too worried about it. You know, sounds like an excuse to me. <laughs> I, I like the idea that I don't have to paint anything right now. So if um, today I've I did want to try to include a couple of Screaming Skull catapults, and I've been wanting to do add these to the list for a while, but I kind of got to that point where I was like, oh, I can't paint any more bone. Well, now I'm looking at a tournament. I want to try to get things done. I, I picked up my second t- Screaming Skull catapult on eBay the other day. I can't stand the fine cast one, and now I'm just working on that, getting the bone. Uh, base coated in on the model and and getting the basing kind of worked up and hopefully I can finish out the bone maybe before I leave today that'd really be nice so that's pretty much been what I've been working on here so what else is new not a whole lot I've been kind of vacant lately I guess we did have I think it's been since the last cast but the term playoffs for our local gaming group yeah the, that uh, I happen to be a part of <laughs> the WWHFB League terms yep, uh, that did uh, come up here uh, for the winter term. We had that here. Yep, and I happened to be end up being sick that day and didn't yeah, fare too well. <laughs> so I only, I guess I could have played like a loser battle. I guess I lost my first battle. I was, I think I was the third seed. I think I ended up. I think you were officially the third seed. Yeah. Yeah, I guess not including you because you I ran it out. instead. And I played, I can't remember his name, but he plays High Elves here. And yeah. I think that was the second time I played High Elves <laughs> since the new book came out. So I was vaguely unfamiliar. Um, my big, big mistake was he had the Banner of the World Dragon in a big block of Swordmasters. And I was aware of that, but I didn't do a good enough job of like directing him into my zombies or something like that to tie him up. They ended up in my main ghoul block with my vampire who happened to have a magic weapon. So... That more or less lost their edge and yeah. ground down. I lost my vampire, and that was kind of the story of that battle. Yeah, I think that <laughs> so. was a game, too, that he kind of knew, because the, the matchups have been announced for quite a while, and he knew what he was going up against. 
so he, or at least the army type he was going up against. So he knew, I think, going into that game, kind of what he wanted to try to do and, and feel. And I don't think you took that. You just kind of took your normal list. You didn't even look at what type of army you were going to be playing against or um, anything like not that. Not so much. I knew I knew I was going to play high elves, so I kind of remembered that, but I just figured I had stuff to deal with it. Like, I don't think I would have changed my list at all. I yeah. just should have played better. And See, the only thing... The I only, wasn't feeling good, so. Yeah, there's that, and then the other major thing is maybe take the, the magic weapon off the vamp in that case, too. Yeah, then I wouldn't even had to worry about it. And yeah. So. You would have been cho- you would have been chewing up the Swordmaster's okay Yeah, then. plenty fine then. So, yeah, and the Strength 7, uh, he has the Ogre Blade usually, so that wasn't be too necessary in an elf army. Yeah, tough three elves <laughs> die. Other, other, yeah. than, other than chopping up armory... Uh-huh. Or that Frost Phoenix. Oh, I hate yeah. those stupid things. Was, Me too. Did he even? I don't even think he, he had a he had the flame spire, didn't he? Yeah, the flame spire Phoenix, and I don't know. The pr- pretty much everything besides the Swordmaster battle went my way. <laughs> like I was controlling it, I had him enough chaff. He had a pretty well. Obviously, most high elf list ends up pretty small, but he only had like five units or something like that. And I think I had like nine deployments or something. So okay, <laughs> but yeah, I lost. And then since I was sick, I didn't play a loser game. And I think that's the only thing I've played recently. And I had a lull. I think around our last show with schoolwork, so I was getting a lot of work, hobby work done and whatnot. But that has not been the case lately. I've been kind of swamped, just barely getting my schoolwork done. So I'm really looking forward to when summer comes. <laughs> we're talking about playing all these different games and stuff yeah. while we've been sitting here. Yeah, we definitely be talking about a lot of different playing a lot of different, you know, Blood Bowl and and uh, what else do we talk about? Um, Blood Bowl, well, more time. time league here. I've never actually played that, so I'm interested well, to get a so let, let's actually game talk that. about that just a little bit. So more time is uh, the show of unsupported GW games. Yeah, right? it's what this, this is going to turn here. into here. <laughs> so more time is his old. Uh, uh, war- it was based off, you know, war- off the Warhammer Fantasy world, and is basically a skirmish game in the that takes place in the ruined city of Mordheim. They got hit by this comet that was full of this magical element called a Weirdstone, and so the warbands are trying to recover Weirdstone because it's big profits on the black market, and eh, I don't know if it's actually black market, but it's the, <laughs> on the market and. And as the warbands, as you play games, you can link the games into a campaign-type style play so your characters can become more powerful and your troopers become a little more powerful. And it tends to be a nice low model count, so it's a great or, introductory game. Or instead game. of becoming powerful, you know, they die horrible, gruesome deaths or break both their legs, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of a crapshoot. So, Dustin, you've been playing in the... the Pegasus has been running a league here, and you've been playing in it. So can you, what can you tell us a little bit about the Mordheim League here? So I jumped into this when I met somebody and they told me about the league. So I was really excited by that because I'd been eyeing Mordheim for a while, but never decided to get into it because I have way too many projects going on and uh, didn't know anyone who played. So got the league, jumped in, started with a Skaven warband, and I'm the only kind of active Skaven player right now. That kind of worked out nice, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was been very interesting, um, very small-scale game where a lot of the scenarios' movement is super important. So Skaven were a nice warband to come in with because they're so fast. That really gave me an edge over some of the other players because I came in late. So everybody else had more money and uh, better troops than I did. But I was able to outmaneuver them and kind of catch up. And Mordheim has this neat 
concept called the underdog bonus, where if you fight against a warband that's more powerful than yours, you get more experience, so you level up faster. And that ended up being a great equalizer. Now we're actually moving into the last game day of the league term is coming up next weekend. So this is why I want to really finish up that assassin so I can have everything fully painted to my standard for that league day. And uh, go kill some dirty humans, stunties, and greenskins. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I suppose knowing your level of conversion and insanity, you're you're probably uh, extra excited to get that out and see get your warband out and see what everybody thinks, huh? Oh yeah, I've had a lot of fun with these guys. I've actually made my Skaven out of Mantic Ghouls with uh, James, Games Workshop Skaven heads and tails, and then many of the weapon bits are actually from Dark Eldar because. They have lots of really cool, almost Asian-style weapons, and the Skaven list for Mordheim is Clan Eshin, with that slightly uh, Eastern influence to them. So lots of crazy rat ninjas wielding things that most people have probably never seen before. Very cool, very cool. So um, if anybody was looking to try to get into Mordheim... Um, what would be the things that they would need to play this game? Uh, first thing you're going to need is a copy of the rules. These used to be available on Games Workshop's website, but with the transition to their new web store, the specialist game sections have been removed entirely. So that's no longer an option. There are a lot of sites that these are linked from, though. Uh, there's a website called Mordheimer, that has some of the rules, but they are kind of hard to navigate. Um, There's also a message board forum called Tom's Boring Mordheim Forum that has a lot of good stuff, and they've got some sticky links to pretty much everything that's ever been published for Mordheim, both officially and unofficially. So lots of the cool fan-made stuff that's gotten a lot of community support is also available there. So you'll need that stuff. You'll need a few dice, not nearly as many as you do for Warhammer, you know. Well, you need buckets of dice for Warhammer these days sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I think the most I've ever needed to use for Mordheim was uh, seven during the exploration. Not 50 or 60, like uh, it's pretty common for my my Savage Orcs or my Black Orcs? No, no, not quite. Those those level of dice would be terrifying in more time. <laughs> um, so you'll need some dice, you'll need some rules, and you will need a warband. Usually, uh, starting warband sizes will be 10 models or under. So, for example, you could get a perfectly fine starting human warband out of pretty much any of the Empire kits currently. You know, You might want to do some swapping and trading with people, but you can make a pretty good warband out of $130 box. Yeah, and a lot of people have, and in fact, the, you go back historically, the Empire Militia box is really the old plastic humans that came with the Mordheim, Mordheim starter box. So you, there's lots of great weapon options. It's, it's a great box to kind of work from as a core of your uh, human mercenary band. Oh, yeah, um, and there's also a several different mercenary factions. Each one gets their own special rule. So one way to go might be have one person in the group buy the 
militia box, have one person in the group by the state trooper box, and then by mixing and matching parts between them, everybody's going to be able to get some variety, have one player play some Marion Burgers, one player play Reichland, and uh, you're off right there. Yeah, and it's nice because you don't you don't have that huge model investment, and you can kind of start getting if you're you know trying to get new players into Warhammer, and that's one of the big things we always kind of talk about on Wisco Dice is continuing to maintain and grow that group. It's a great way to get kind of get new players past that intimidation point of a Warhammer miniatures where you need to collect you know fifty, sixty, seventy guys. You can collect you know ten or so, and they can. Uh, fiddle and paint uh, with each one individually, uniquely, and how they want them to look. And then when the armies or when their war bands together, they're also when playing games, they're also able to start to learn the the Warhammer profiles, the basics of phased based uh, wargaming, and kind of the the same. They're still using the same rough phases of the game that you have in Warhammer Fantasy even today, even though this is a game that's I don't know twelve, fourteen years old. So that's uh, a lot, a really good introductory type kind of game. Oh yeah, the only thing that it's not great for for introductory is that Mordheim is best played with a lot of terrain. Like most war gamers, especially if you play Warhammer, you might expect maybe twenty percent of your board to have terrain on it. Mordheim, you really want about eighty percent of your board to be terrain. That is true, and that can be hard to kind of come up with, but. Even worst case scenario, you go back to the stacks of books or whatever you've got to do to to pull it off, and that's one of the tough things. They maybe at your local store, if you you know store is a little terrain uh, lax, and you're using this as a way to launch new players into wargaming. Maybe you want to uh, focus before you start a league with five or six people with. Uh, trying to emphasize growing more terrain and getting more terrain available for everybody to use. Oh, yeah, and ruined buildings are not very difficult to make. So, you know, an afternoon party with some coffee stirrers, a little bit of balsa wood, and some cardboard, you can knock out some buildings that are going to at least serve the purposes. Yeah, packaging foam is another good source of break it a little bit. There you go, you've got a ruined building or you've got a ruined, some form of ruined structure. So, yeah, lots lots of opportunities there. I remember back in the day when I played Mordheim pretty consistently, and the, the, it was fun doing some cool Mordheim-specific terrain and bits because you can also get, because of the nature of the game, you don't have to worry so much about giant blocks trying to move through it. So you could go ahead and do little fiddlier bits, like you know, I did a, this cross thing with a skeleton kind of hanging dead on it, and it was pretty gruesome, but it was definitely fit the feel of the Mordheim game and the, game, the, the setting, so... Lots of things you can do, and, and something I couldn't do really, you know, it just never worked in a fantasy, you know, putting it on a fantasy table, it just was in the way, and it wasn't big enough to really count as doing anything in the game, and so yeah, it's definitely some other other opportunities from a modeling and hobbling, hobbing perspective. Alright, so I was tr- that that was a good leeway, I got I was able to actually paint some on my models while I, not having to, while you, t- you kind of led the conversation there, Dustin, thanks. Brian, you've been happily. Looks like your flesh is almost complete on your ghouls there now. Well, not quite. Or at least well, the dry brush. The, the first the dry brush. Yeah, I got one more guy left after I finished some little bits I missed on this one. They're they're starting to look like they're coming together at least from this distance. Yeah, the skin always comes together really quick, and then the fiddly details is what kind of takes a little while longer. Like those, they'll look like this for quite a while. <laughs> 
But that is like 90% of the model probably is just the skin as far as what you see. But the detail takes just as long, if not longer, than doing the skin. The price we pay. Yeah. Yeah, it's the price. So, ooh, the sun is blinding <laughs> right me off that, build, <laughs> off that car. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, next up. What have you been doing, Ben? What have we I been doing? We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about Ramanoptera, have we? Uh, not unless you've seen it on the site already, but we yeah, didn't talk about it right there was, now. There was a blog post up on the site. So, yeah, if, you, you've been, if you've been a dutiful fan and you've been going to the Wisco Dice website and checking out our blog posts, which if you haven't, you can just go to wiscodice.com. And see Dot stuff com. that Ben posted anyway, because I suck. <laughs> yeah, you're probably locked out, but you're probably locked probably out again. again, and then it'll take like a month to get back Oh, yeah, I, I was supposed in. to uh, get myself <laughs> set up for that, what, like nine months ago, I'm, something like that? I, I thought I sent you credentials. You uh, did, and then I completely forgot about and, it. And you're locked out, too. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I hope summer you is a post, change, and I'll get to so, post something. you got to post like once once a month. That's all you got to do. Actually, I don't even think you got to post. you just got to log in <laughs> like once a month, and then you're okay. Well, the spec- fact that I spent all winter sick really didn't help my uh, motivation. Yeah, on top of the blazing cold and snow that we've had in Wisconsin, it seems like there's been a series of rash plagues going around that have made everybody sick. I mean, you can hear it in like previous shows we did with me. I was like, It seemed like every time we got down to record, I was sick. Coughing, hacking. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Ramen Optra. So... This is a, so one of the things I'm trying to do with the Tomb Kings this year to try to give them that extra pop, that extra wow factor. Because I'm not doing a ton, you know, necessarily on the modeling and conversion side, and, and I'm definitely not having to paint like a whole army. Was I wanted to do work on display board that would hopefully make Dustin proud. Woo! The king of the extreme display board is. Is Dustin. it as giant as the orc one? No, it's not as big as the <laughs> I haven't one. Seen, I've only seen the pictures, so if, I don't have reference for If your display board isn't bigger than you are, as then big you're as a car, probably, yeah. you know, you can put more work into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, okay, I, I'm sorry. So, I've always had this idea that I was going to do a Petra-inspired in, in display board, and if you're not familiar with Petra, go Google it now, because it's a... A wonderful place of of historic value, and I believe it's in Jordan. It's kind of this city that was carved out of uh, out of rocks, out of these stone rock walls. That was on a stone major rock, eh? Yeah, stone rock. <laughs> Great description there. And it's it's just gorgeous. You've seen it like in uh, Revenge of the Fall- Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, you saw it in. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade at the end of the that's where the end of the film kind of takes place the, at the outside when they they're going up to the location. I wanted to have something that looked like that, and I did. I spent a lot of time looking at pictures, and I have this rocky kind of thing going on with my basing. So it was a real natural transition to do this rocky display board with you know carved in stone would be uh, King Raman's tomb. And so I've got, everything's kind of carved and shaped, and I've started to fiddle around with some lighting, and I got my initial thoughts up on the website on on the initial construction techniques I've used so far and how I'm kind of going about building it. And unfortunately, this last week's been pretty hectic with work, so I haven't been able to kind of get it any further along the way. But uh, yeah, hopefully over the course of the next month or so, We'll start seeing that come together. I'll start getting some paint on it, and it'll start looking really exciting. I'm really hopeful that uh, this will be the kind of the, the thing that helps move me 
I don't know if it'll be. I don't know that I qualify for like the top ten or top twenty appearance armies at Blood in the Sun, but I I really like to go in this year and get a bunch more attaboys, just like I did last year for the Tomb Kings. So that's pretty much. I mean, that's the the biggest thing I've been up to. I mean, did you play any games or anything like that? I don't know. I probably played a few games. <laughs> I don't remember what I played. You were messing around with the Lizardmen quite a while, but I don't know what it's been since the last show. I guess I haven't been making the weeknights uh, I haven't played Lizardman. well I did play I finally brought the so I did bring the Tomb Kings back out the uh, last well it had been two weeks ago now yeah you played like a Blood in the Sun test list or something already didn't you Bits. yeah it was a triple War Sphinx list triple yeah and it didn't do it didn't do very well against the Empire Cannon oh. Cannonade and, <laughs> and uh, actually it did a lot better than I thought it was I was really close into it I ended up losing the game not badly though. It just uh, a couple of spots where you know if I would have got lucky, a little bit more. Uh, I should say a little luckier because Nick uh, Nick didn't have uh, a lot of. It didn't seem like he had a ton of luck. But if there were been a couple spots where he would have been where the dice would have fell a little bit better, or maybe I got a lucky killing blow here or there, that uh, the game could have easily have been a draw. That is like the worst matchup I can kind of go up against is you know in Lots a fire of cannons. Two, you know <laughs> any any list with two to three cannons because that's just you know. Can enrich environment for big points that they can just pull out of my army from a distance, and then I, and I don't have enough stuff if you take out my like war sphinxes and stuff to help deal with those big infantry blocks. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was actually a really good game. I really enjoyed it. Learning, learning though that the the triple war sphinx list in in the current meta is probably not a good idea to take the bits if I want to. If bad. I want to contend for best of tomb <laughs> king, so you'd have to make another war sphinx though, wouldn't you? I have another one built and i was re and i've been modeling so and i've repositioned oh, okay. the rear legs and stuff so it looks really cool i think it looks really cool and it's, it looks so much more dynamic it, that'd be a lot of painting though <laughs> it would be probably a month's worth of painting so what i have decided to try next though in my next incarnation and it's nice i don't have to paint anything because I, I have a, a list i can use but my next incarnation list is to try to run and i've never really played with or run the screaming skull catapults so i'm gonna I, I i've got one and i wanted to paint it up and i've got another one i i just got in the mail and i'm gonna paint that one up or build that one too and i'm gonna try to get them both on the table and see how that works with my current list with the double war sphinx and the casket and archon and you know tons of magic tons you know decent amount of shooting chances to panic some units off the, you know like ogre got stars and stuff off the turn off the table on turn one hopefully and see how that goes and if that goes well then i'll be trying to make a push here in the next week or two to see if i can try to get everything to uh realistically can i make it without killing myself painted by blood in the sun did you you haven't had to submit a list yet or do you have no to it's the like the 15th or something like that is when lists are due so you got a bit to figure it out yet. i've got a yeah this is one of the things that's unusual for me because i haven't went to a lot of tournaments recently where i've had any kind of pre-tournament test the list before i take it and play it so before, before you I write submit it, it in yeah. the middle of the night and screw it all up and have to resubmit oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i did for wapaka <laughs> i feel like you've complained about doing that several times since i've known you yeah yeah i do that a lot i'll just submit a list and then i'll be like i go to the tournament and i'm like this is this list was crap and then this is why i was down which kind of like back in the day when I was playing my dark way back in sixth that when I was actually able to win tournaments once in a while and 
doing pretty well at tournaments, and I was playing those Dark Elves. Yeah, sure, they weren't, weren't really good, but I was always playing like on pretty much exactly the same list every game, and that went a long way to whether I was playing pickup games on whatever the game night was back then. I think it was Wednesdays, or if I was playing at a tournament, it was pretty much the same list, and I had the same agenda pretty much every time I played. Nowadays, it's Army ADD. I can, I'm lucky if I can stay at the same Army for more than five or six weeks. <laughs> Uh, five or six weeks. That's like a marathon for me. <laughs> I don't think I've brought the same army three weeks in a row in the last eight months. I, I'll say, in, in all honesty, though, I, I think you're a, you're a much better player and, and adjust much better than I do. So, Oh, yeah, I, I do like to take it just uh, from the seat of my pants. Then I think uh, all of your more recent armies have been built with more of whatever you want to try to do in 8th Ed. And my armies are still, like, what I have painted is a lot of times what I had ready for 7th Ed. So I'm like, oh, well, I really know what I want to pick for an 8th Ed, but I, then I run out of any kind of momentum to actually paint it once I get it, because I get to the building spree. Oh, yeah, it's all built it built by the time I'm kind of running out of my pizzazz to do anything with it, and then crud. Now I've got to paint this. Okay, I'm done with this army. Let's go on to something else I don't have to paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, quite a few half-painted or not-painted armies. My poor uh, vampire counts. Not a single unit has even been primed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got to pick your pe- pick your poison too on projects. So I'm trying to, with this blood in the sun, get back to the Tomb Kings and pick my poison with a project that I I have and I've done well. And this is a nice. It, it's a very pretty army, I think, and does all the things for me that I I want. I think right now at this point in stage in my hobbyist career, which is get some pats on the back and people saying good job and that's the what i'm looking for for it blood and the sun if i can manage to somehow win just enough to be best of tomb king then i'll be even better but i i don't have any aspirations even to be that that's all luck of the draw i think okay let's go ahead and take a break Hi there, this is the Conzi, and I'm taking this little break here to talk about uh, Kickstarter. Now, I know normally we don't talk about Kickstarters, but this one's kind of cool. Figured I'd let you folks let know about it. And that's uh, for D4, Rollable Four-Sided Dice. It's by a gentleman, Leo Treaties. And basically, I know, you know Warhammer players, you don't necessarily roll four-sided dice ever. But uh, I know a lot of you guys out there play role-playing games, play other games... And uh, you're familiar with the basically the pyramid-shaped dice that don't really roll when you're rolling those d4s for damage, you know, those magic missiles or whatever your, you know, dagger damage or whatever it is if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. These dice uh, actually roll, so they'll bounce around once you toss them and and land on a number, which is really cool. And they kind of have a, a very engineered, unique design that lets them do this. So make sure you get out on Kickstarter.com. Uh, you can just uh, look for rollable four-sided dice and check this project out. Thank you. And we're back. So, what else is? Uh, I guess what else is new? I'm looking at it, sitting right there on the table on top of my paints right now. Yeah, what the is that? Wood Elves just came out, and yeah. you managed to 
accidentally buy it when you walked in the game store. Well, let's see. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Guys, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more like it. Yeah. So, like, oh, I'm going to go get a soda. Oh, wait, I came back with a Wood Elf book. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, Interesting. So, what do you guys think of the Wood Elf book? What's your first impressions? You've all kind of opened it up and seen internet rumors. I think the book seems cool. I have a general disdain still for Wood Elf slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Back from whatever edition that was, like 6th or 7th. I think it was the tail end of 6th, yep. Yeah, where they were an auto win against my VC back in what, the day. Brian's one shot at a potential <laughs> tournament victory. My one and only shot, apparently. <laughs> but, I don't know. So... Otherwise, I mean, like any other Wood Elf Army, when I'm looking at all this stuff, I get into them a little bit, and they seem pretty cool. The rules seem pretty solid. I'm not a fan of the Treeman model, but other than that, it seems pretty cool so far. Say the my favorite part is the new book smell. <laughs> <laughs> Open it, that plastic wrap. You can complain all you want about not being able to preview the rules or anything like that while it's sitting on the shelf. But it maintains that new book smell so much better. Now you open up that plastic wrap and open it up and crack open that spine for the first time and just enjoy that fresh, fresh smell. Oh, you know, it's I good. hate to say it, Conzi, but I think you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the same thing with new board games. It's always like you open up that box the first time and you get all that, that new smell of all that brand new cardboard. You got to pop off the the parts and pieces <laughs> of the whatever cardboard screws and it's just it's the new product smell it's always good sorry maybe i'm the only one that that's like that i don't know <laughs> uh, i don't know i think the i think it's great that the wood elves are getting their new book i think we'll actually see uh them on the table a little more say that i haven't played against them or seen them in i don't know how long i've i've played against wood elves exactly once in the last three years i don't think i've seen them at any of the tournaments i've been to recently or anything now i expect expect a a small influx of wood elf players though yeah i hope it brought up the army a little bit there's a few changes in there so we have one guy here locally that that he started with Wood Elves. Uh, we got to we should say there's two guys here that I know of that it's, they started with Wood Elves. One of them that's basically uh, kind of quit the hobby that I think is going to be coming back out to the store now the new books out and and playing. And he was hitting me up the other day on online about where where the the group is playing and what we're doing, what size games we're playing. It was pretty stoked about the new book. That's cool. And then uh, I heard of, I heard from a, you know we got the Aaron who comes in here on a pretty regular basis. He's got his first army was Wood Elves as I understand it, and he's all excited for the Wood Elves to come back out and or to come out. And he was kind of the last time I think it was two weeks ago Monday when I was in here for game night. He was you know kind of gloating that like ha ha Cohen's either Wood Elves aren't going away like yeah. As soon as they didn't show up, and as soon as the dryads, the treatment didn't show up in the high elf book, it was I think it was kind of locked that they weren't going to go away because yeah, I don't know where that rumor came from. It seemed kind of wonky, but <laughs> but it blew up in a there's, hurry. There's some armies though that I I still th- I still think like I still think I was some some validity. I think it would be a, been a really good move for Games Workshop, especially when you start looking at some of the the wood elf units now. I mean, you've got archers. They're high elf archers, wood elf archers. I mean, it's just archers. You've got wood elf spearmen now, basically, with the Eternal Guard or basically spearmen. You've got uh, the dudes with the great, I don't know what they're called, the rangers or whatever they're called that have the great axes. <laughs> you know, those are basically, you know, you could 
could have just as easily have had wood elfish white lions. They're all still elves, but I think they're a different flavor where they should stay separate for sure. Yeah, I, I like having the separate books. Even if the cores are the same, all of the seasoning is different. And, uh, you know, if a little it, oregano and a little yeah, basil. You know, you know a, a spaghetti a spaghetti dish with oregano and basil and a pasta and a red pasta sauce is very different than a spaghetti dish that's done with a nice creamy white sauce and chicken instead of sausage. Sure. You know, they're they're both pasta dishes, but you know, they they feel so different. I guess I mean, but I think the biggest thing for me is the difference right now is there's so f- it's so little and when i think about what uh, what the from a rules perspective from a fluff perspective it's there's tons of difference but from a rules perspective it just feels like the it's close enough that that you could have just as easily have published warhammer elves and then had people be able to build their own variants if i wanted a wood elf themed high wood elf themed elf army i could still do it from warhammer elves i don't know i think that would get really complicated i guess i don't know i guess a lot of the units are pretty similar in their purposes but i i don't know they seem too different and like if they were all the same then they would all just be elves i guess and that'd be kind of boring but I don't know. You wouldn't really think of them as wood elves or dark elves or high elves anymore. They'd just be elves. I think. I think in most game settings, like if you think like think back to like token elves, uh, the distinction between wood elves and the, you know the elves of uh, of um, Rivendell. Yeah, Rivendell. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the elves of Rivendell are, are there's you know in in the other various elves there really wasn't it was there there's the Greyhaven elves too I don't they don't weren't really mentioned in the story too much yeah but there wasn't huge distinctions really I mean they were just elves and yeah sure I'm sure the elves know, themselves the, knew a lot of the differences but they were really just I don't know how how much different the races really really were maybe they dressed a little bit differently maybe they had a little bit different fighting style or one one tended maybe towards a little more natural creatures and one tended a little bit more towards martial and and armor and stuff like that but you could that i mean i think that could have all been done from a a single book without too much i think it's more the fact that you hate seeing a warhammer army go away yeah i don't know i just don't like them all i don't think i would have liked them all being blended into one i think it would have just i mean it would have been just like an army theme at that point rather than a different army which is kind of what you're saying i guess but I don't like I, it. I feel like wood elves <laughs> are an army theme. <laughs> really? I don't know. They have so much unique stuff in there. I think that's what makes them different. Yeah, the base elf is the same throughout them. They all have like similar purpose units, like whether it be spearmen or archers or maybe some great weapon dudes now. But like the wood elves have like the stag riders and the wild riders, war dancers. That is- I, I feel like they actually may have made a mistake and going just a little bit too far with the the great weapon guys that are basically the white lions and especially the magic giving the wood elves all the lores and then high and dark magic rather than a subset and their own lore is they're they're kind of pushing them to look a lot more similar um whereas they could have instead pushed them a different direction and made them more unique yeah, and I think the only thing that really, to my in my mind, that really makes Wood Elves jump out as their own unique army now, outside of you know the aesthetics of the miniatures, is the fact that you have tree spirits still on the army, which 
Um, I think the verdict's out on Treekin. I'm not sure if they're going to be, you know, everybody was running four <laughs> five, you know, two, at least, you know, one or two, five or six packs of Treekin, it seemed like before, if you were going to field Wood Elves and now, uh, or you were going to, or you felt fielded the Archer Spam. And uh, now I, I'm not sure that Treekin are going to be seen on the table, which is kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, they could be. I could be completely wrong, but tough five, strength four. I think I think they're strength four anyways. Reduced points, but still I think they're a little hefty on the points with a six-up ward save. I think that's kind of cool. I think the book, the way it seems to be written now, opens them up to be able to play a little better in eighth edition. I think that was a. I mean, that's really why you saw the archer spam or the treekin spam. This yeah, was just because well, that was like the only thing that was playable. But now they are going to be tended more towards like the other elf armies you see with just some of those. Ex, well, their extra units are the only thing really making them different at this point. But I think it'll balance out their play a little better. And I was sad to see the their own lore go away. I think that's kind of weird, but it does tie. I almost think the if you want all elves in one book, maybe the wood elves would be your army to go with if you have the choice being picked between like high or dark magic i don't know you're kind of playing both the sides there so yeah no i i think that's I, I think that's fine too um the other thing that i thought was kind of interesting with the wood elf book here is that they they really like they, they took dryads and as, as i look at it here initially i'm pretty sure that they want to now they're an infantry block and now you have many more infantry-style blocks in the Wood Elf book, whereas the army used to be a lot more based around skirmish troops. And, and those skirmish troops are great, except for they tend to struggle against the big blocks that they have to fight against in Eighth Ed. Yeah, I think that was... Well, yeah, it's just not playable to have them that way anymore. I mean, that was their big uniqueness. You mentioning the Dryads and how maybe they won't be so prevalent anymore, I think is kind of cool because I don't know how many Wood Elf armies I played where it was pretty much like Tree Spirits and an Elf was kind of an anomaly in the list. <laughs> that like, is true. All the troops were usually Dryads just because, I mean, they were their fighters pretty much at that point. Well, you did, they didn't have very much. They do have a little bit more options at core, but... I think it would have been okay to leave the Dryads as a skirmish unit, and I don't think that would have changed like people not taking. I don't think it changes their uh, all elf armies either, because the Eternal Guard at core, the stubborn, the armor piercing, the all the attacks with the spears, the weapons, the, the high weapon skill. That's a I think a legitimately valid core unit. Yeah, I think that's the best change to the book, as it brought elves besides archers back into the core, really. But I, I but think it is more generic elf. <laughs> I think the other thing that's kind of interesting right away with the book is that it's you're looking at units that are everything is expensive points wise. It seems like that's what so elves like, do, man. There's like a lot of really cool like arrows and stuff that you can get for your your units and characters. There's lots of special, various really cool units and directions you could go with it. But everything is just really a lot of points. So you're not paying low points for really anything. You're you're having to pay. Uh, premium point to put any model on the table, and you're going to have to get maximum functionality out of it. And I, I'm not sure what the optimum build is going to be, what we're really going to see out of Wood Elf players. Yeah, I guess that'll be left for time to show. But, I mean, they're elves, so I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't be. The points cost shouldn't be like they are. I mean, usually they're a pretty low model count army. And that's because they are pretty good troops. They don't really have the expendable dudes in their armies. 
what else is going on here? I think we've we've talked a little bit about the what else. We talked a little bit about what we've been painting today and what we've begun, had going on. Why don't we go ahead and take a brief break here, and then we'll go ahead and uh, when we come back, we'll go ahead and interrupt the show up, okay? Sounds good. Okay, and we are back. We're back. We're back. Okay, so <laughs> we went ahead and talked to, I think, about it. We'll just go ahead and wrap up the show here. We, What have we talked about today, Ryan? Uh, we talked some about painting, I guess, what we were doing at the Pega Paint Day. Yeah, and we did a, at least an initial look at the new Wood, uh, Elf, book. Wood Elf book. Yeah, it's initial impressions. I talked quite a bit about Mordheim. Yeah, we did talk about Mordheim. So just kind of wrap that up. Uh, if you guys are you know in the Madison, Wisconsin, you're looking to play Mordheim or get into get your feet wet with even miniatures, you're just checking this out and you never played a miniatures game. Yeah, just come on in, uh, Pegasus, uh, to play Mordheim or to come in and check it out. And when are the league days, Dustin? They are currently the second Saturday of every month. That may be changing for the next league, though. Okay. Um, that so. is still kind of up in the air. You said it started in June would be the next yep. month. And so you have like just, a month off, kind of. Yeah, just pay attention to the Pegasus calendar. Or come on in and ask the friendly staff here. They'll, they'll let you know what's, what's going on, what's up with it. And, uh, you know, if you do have miniatures or whatever, you don't have to worry about them being Games Workshop miniatures. You can use any miniatures pretty much as long as they are representative of the figure that you're trying to use it as. So you can't have orcs standing in for your human mercenaries, maybe. But you can have, you know, human mercenaries from several, you know, from several different companies that... Uh, work for you, so you know, whether that's Reaper miniatures or Mantic miniatures, or and there was a uh, any of the awesome models that we might have missed <laughs> segments that we've talked about various Some random miniatures companies, giant scorpions and whatever else in there. Yeah, <laughs> Some demon princes. Yeah, well, I don't think that's a thing. In I don't Mordheim. think I don't think you can have any of those in, in Mordheim, but you know, you, you kind of get the idea. Yeah. So. It was. Uh, it's been great. It's been great being down here to Pegasus Games. I've been hanging out all day, working on models, trying to slowly get this Screaming Skull Catapult painted. Paint it more and more bone. New more bone than Although it did. The bone is ninety percent of that thing, so yeah. <laughs> it'll be pretty much done so once you finish all those coats. I, I'll have, I'll probably have another like four or five or six or seven or ten hours of yeah. painting the other little bits and bobs on it. But yeah, there's yeah. plenty of detail, but the majority of it'll be done. The majority of it will be done. Then, and then I'll have a crew. whole other one to do. <laughs> yeah, and six crew to do, which is lots more bow, bone to go. It's the best thing about finishing any model is now you've got however many more just like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I was actually thinking of maybe the other Screaming Skull I was going to not use the crew that come with it. I'm thinking I'm going to bash some crew for that the second sense. one to have give make them look different. Is that because you're missing the crew or you just want them to No, look I different? have the crew. So I I'll probably then use those crew models and intermixed with other projects somewhere else. Yeah, a lot of them could be used for something else. So I was kind of thinking of you know, using either Tomb Guard, you know, some of the term, Tomb Guard torsos and stuff for 
the next batch of crew yeah. or, or even looking at um, taking like the charioteer torsos on in legs and seeing if I could bits order some of those and see if I could tr- try to drag down or try to find some other undeadish looking skeletons of maybe some other races or whatever so that with the course company yeah i could have like a <laughs> yeah like you know like the course company where i could have like the uh charioteer with a whip kind of lashing out at the other two crew is their you know slave labor <laughs> skeletons <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some interesting ideas so you guys are all packed up and getting ready to leave me make me sad yeah. yep it's been a good day. I, I've had fun. Uh, I hope you guys have had fun too. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, we were both talking. That's the longest stretch we've sat down and painted for. Yeah, it was <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> it was good to get out and paint. Great to be on the show again. Yeah, it was. And and we're going to try to come down here, or at least I'm going to try to come down here now. The Pick a Paint Days are on the first and second Saturday of every month. Yeah, it'd be so a cool thing to Come on in, with. hang out with Wisco Dice, paint. Uh, it was great fun. It was a lot of fun. I got a lot of work done. And, you know, if you're interested in, in improving your techniques, I know uh, Steve, who runs this, is a brilliant uh, painter himself. And he's always here. He's, he's the one that runs this course uh, in the afternoons at 2. We're hanging out. We'll be happy to give you some pointers and ideas, too. So come on and check it out. Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Thanks for listening. That's it. Yep. We're done. Peace out. <laughs> were, you, were you expecting something else? I don't know. <laughs> something a little more dramatic to close it out? I think we left some guy at the studio. He's probably going to be mad. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> strangely, he hasn't been around a lot lately. I'm not sure what? what's happened. Uh, I don't. Maybe it went on a fan. vacation. Fan <laughs> <laughs> might want to uh, look over your shoulder once in a while. You know, just be sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I figure one of these days I'm gonna get jumped. It's gonna be terrible. <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. For, thanks for all this. We'll uh, check it out next time. Peace out. Bye. Bye.